Welcome to the 100 Club Podcast, a show designed to elevate the game of senior living sales and marketing leaders. I'm your co-host, Michael Moy, and with me is Corey Mitchell. We're talking to leaders from all different positions and titles, giving you and your team a competitive edge to reach 100% occupancy. We're listening to season one. Let's get into it. Welcome to the 100 Club Podcast. I am your host for today's episode, Michael Moy, and alongside with me is Andrea Marcasodi. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on board with the uh, the 100 Club Podcast. So without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey, Michael. Thank you so much. I appreciate being on here today and us talking about senior living sales. So thanks for awesome. having me. Nothing better than talking shop and talking all things senior That's living right. sales. That's we right. Were, uh, we were we were just talking uh, offline before this, and I, I was just saying, you know, maybe we can we can try to cut it down. We can have like a twenty five minute episode. And Andrea, you were concerned that you you might not be able to fit in it. <laughs> yeah, when, once you get me started, it's tough to to stop me. I'm very passionate about senior living, but also senior living sales and really professionalizing what we're doing as salespeople in this industry. Yeah, I think that's that's such a good point. And I think that something that we are collectively as an industry moving towards, but Mm -hmm. uh, at our own pace. And so hopefully, you know, it's the idea of these podcasts and these type of conversations to hopefully make it more of a profession and keep advancing it forward. Exactly. so without, you know, let's just jump right into it. I'm really excited about it. Just from our previous conversations, I thought what struck me the most is how you guys at Artists Senior Living, and feel free to give just kind of maybe like a little background and uh, kind of portfolio footprint if you, if you want to describe artists, because I know that you yeah. guys do a phenomenal job with being super intentional with your culture and just the way that you guys are growing. So why don't you open it up and, and share a little bit more about that? Great. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate you giving me this platform to share about our great, my great company, Artist Senior Living. We've been around uh, for 10 years. And when I started with the company a little over five years ago, we had five communities. Um, and our communities are all purpose-built. Uh, all of our communities, we build from the ground up, which is really unique in senior living. And we also own and operate all of our communities. And I love that. We're Artists is a family-run organization. We're run by the Bainham family, who also own Choice Hotels. If you're all familiar with that brand, yeah. but it's really nice yeah. having that family-run organization because from the very top, we care. Mm-hmm. And we really want to be a resource for families, for our residents, and to be a great employer for our, all of our associates as well. So now, as of today, August 2022, we have 27 communities. Wow. Uh, We are located in 11 different states. And all of our communities, except for one, are just for people living with some type of cognitive impairment. We do have a community kind of in the downtown area of Chicago called Lakeview that also has an assisted living component to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're just really excited to... It's it's tough. I think dementia has this, um, it's sort of like a mark on it, right? Someone gets diagnosed with dementia and you're like, oh, that's it. They have dementia. Mm. Our whole philosophy, what we have built this company on is that even though we say we care for people that have cognitive impairment, 
we don't focus on the disease, Michael. We focus 100% on that human being. Yeah. And it's we really look at it as a family partnership approach. Because when we are working with our families, it's not just about that resident that's going to live in our community. It's about their families too. Yeah. And the journey that a family goes on from when they hear my loved one has dementia, that whole process, it doesn't end when someone moves into our community. And yeah. we recognize that. And we pride ourselves on also being an educational resource and an emotional resource from our families, from the first point of contact to when their loved one you know, is living at our community and so on. I think this is so good. And then kind of going back to what you originally, so not to backtrack too much, and then we can get more into the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I think that your the portfolio or just the, the artist way is very unique in the sense of owning and operating. Like I love the fact that you guys own, operate um, all 27 of your communities. You guys were very intentional with that growth plan. You can tell, and then intentional purpose. Can you unpack that a little bit more with just the way that, is that intentional purpose in the way that you guys are designing the buildings uh, to way because like we know with people that are living with some form of memory impairment, the, 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 the actual building and the way that it's laid out is so critical for their overall success and transition into a community. Yeah, that intentional purpose, Michael, I would say it's twofold with artists. Uh, the first part of it is definitely our layout of our communities. Our physical design takes care of the disease. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, it's been researched, studied. We know it works. It works for our residents. And that physical layout, perfect, great, takes care of the disease. The other component of it, though, with the intentional purpose behind it, has to do with our philosophy. Mm -hmm. It has to do with how we frame what we're doing every day for the people living at our community, but more than that, also for our associates and as I talked about, our family members as well. Because it really, you know, the design, the physical layout takes care of the disease. Mm -hmm. Every single assisted living community has a place for people to sleep, has food, has activities, but our philosophy really helps to take it a step further. We have a very unique role in our organization it's called the Director of Artist Way Experience. Hmm. And each one of our 27 communities has this director level role. This person, their job, Michael, is to take our artist philosophy and to bring it to life in the community with everyone that interacts with us. And our name, a lot of people don't know this, but our name is an acronym. And each letter means something. And each letter, we have certain programs around it, certain support groups that we do, just has a lot of meaning. So for example, the T in artist is all about treasuring each person's uniqueness. Mm. We have all of our family members fill out a partnership profile. And then that director of Artist Way Experience makes sure that we are actually living that out on a daily basis. You walk into one of our artist communities, so an artist in Mason, Ohio, is gonna look and feel completely different than an artist in Elmhurst, Illinois, because it's all about who lives there and the family members that interact with us. And that's, I think another thing that really makes artists unique is by having that role and really committing to the uniqueness of each of our residents and our family members. I was I was gonna quiz you on if you knew that, but it, uh, you already started throwing them out. So I, I feel confident yeah. that you're- If I know. don't get that right, I'm in big trouble, Michael. <laughs> I was gonna put you on blast and expose you, but I, you uh, 
you, you huh. definitely uh, put that to, to, to rest. And I think that that's so unique. And I love hearing that uh, just in the intentionality, just out of curiosity. And it um, was, was the director of artist way, like the experience director position, was that something new? Was that the past five years or has that just always been an artist thing? Yeah. When we opened our first artist community, it was in Mason, Ohio years ago, we didn't have the philosophy. Mm. And we, after the first one, we really got together and looked at what can we do to make us different? There's a lot of freestanding memory care only communities. And that's really not what it's about. You know, with memory care, it's not about, you're not selling real estate. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's about the emotions and the feelings and the support and really what that looks like on a day-to-day -day basis. And we realized that after we opened our very first community and our philosophy was born. And it's, we've been through, you know, COVID as like any, every organization at first we thought was going to throw kind of a monkey wrench into this philosophy. And what we realized our philosophy was able to stand, to stand through that. Mm -hmm. And maybe the focus was more on safety, right? But really at the end of the day, it was still about giving our residents the A, ability to have a voice, uh, respecting and maintaining relationships with families as much as we could. So really our philosophy was able to stand through COVID and really any model of senior living. Uh, so right now it's memory care, but in our Lakeview community with our assisted living residents, we still live and breathe this philosophy. So it was something that definitely... We started it pretty much at the beginning and we've been living and breathing it ever since. That's so cool because I've heard of a lot of other people that are now starting to to do that. And you can yeah. you guys can uh, kind of sit back and be like, we, we've we been doing it for the past 10 yeah. years. I mean, this is, this is uh, our bread and butter. And what's nice too, you know, culture in any organization that you work in, it once it's established at the start, it's really tough to change, right? Yeah. So oh, what's yeah. great about our communities, because we build them from the ground up and we own and operate them, that artist philosophy starts with the very, very first associate that we hire. Hmm. And that that means it's truly embedded in, yeah. the, in the organization. And our leadership team from the owner of our organization, our CEO, our regional leadership, a lot of us have been with the company five plus years, mm -hmm. but we truly are living and breathing. We've been through changes. We've seen how we've had to evolve, but it's there. It really is not a culture of, it's not a philosophy of care. It's yeah. a philosophy of our organization as a whole. And I think that makes us unique. Andrea, right now, and we're, we're probably like 10 minutes into the conversation know, or whatever. And, and I, I'm, I'm freaking loving it. Like I'm ready to go to war for you guys. All right. <laughs> That's so awesome. And I wish that this was, uh, it, I'm going to have to take, it's going to take some convincing with, with you on trying to get this publicized on video, because I really want to see everyone to see just the passion that you have. Like it's no. literally just palpable and I love it. And I yeah. feel like this is absolutely going to be a challenge to, to keep this under, uh, that time frame. So that's, I'll try, I'll try. <laughs> no, no, you're yeah. good. And I, there's, I love it. And I, I can already tell that there's going to be a ton of nuggets from it. And, uh, honestly, we probably could have a whole podcast just based on just the, the artist's philosophy and just the, the culture that you guys are bringing. So maybe that's part two, who yeah. knows? Yeah. Um, but I, what really caught my eye too, and we can get down to the nitty gritty of it, is the way that you guys, so this kind of plays into the culture of you guys are wanting to make sure that it is a family experience. And so it does not just 
it, it's not just a loan with the resident that's going to be moving in. It's a full family. Like, Hey, let's, let's lock arms together. Let's yeah. as a team, let's make this an awesome experience. And we talked a little bit about the Disney experience mm-hmm. on trying to make sure that even just like the small things were taken care of. And so we can, we can start, if you have something to say with the, the Disney experience and how you guys are trying to incorporate that at Artis, but I'm, I'm curious because what we talked about before is let's reframe that sit tour sit. Let's, yeah. let's think about it differently. So let's just, I guess, just start with that, that idea of a Disney like experience and we can get going into more of the, the preparation of a tour. Yeah, good. As a company, we we don't use necessarily that terminology, the Disney experience, but the Disney experience, when anyone has ever taken any type of management or business class has probably come across that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great components to learn. If I did a quick search of assisted living communities where I live, and I, I live just outside of DC, one of the things that you notice is that there's all pic- there's pictures of buildings, mm-hmm. right? You see the picture of the building. And in memory care, and really in senior living, it's not about the real estate, it's about the person. So it's about change, taking our hat off of the product-based approach and really putting on that family partnership approach. And where I think the Disney experience falls into play is by continuing to, and we use the word wow a lot, mm. continuing to wow our families, continuing to show them that we've, we have listened, we've heard, we're validating what's going on. And we want to create an experience for you that's going to tap into an emotion. And I'll tell you what, a suite, a size of a suite, never really tapped into an emotion for a family. It's really Mm -hmm. how we make those family members feel when they're visiting our community and throughout that whole journey, even after they've made the decision to move into us. So I really would like to see our industry go from that product base to a family partnership. Wow. Type of approach. So how are you guys take, how are you guys using that? And how are you guys creating those wow moments? Because I think a lot of people have been focused on the product, the building, the four walls of your community. You know, I like to say that that type of stuff fades. It's not Mm -hmm. what's actually going to be important, but how are you guys creating those moments? Yeah. You got to be curious, right? Mm. So we train all of our salespeople to be genuinely curious, ask questions, But don't ask questions like, is your mom ambulatory? (laughs) Or my favorite in our industry, when we ask about ADLs, you know, those activities of daily living, think about that family member that you're talking to. They don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. So instead, we we train all of our salespeople, our executive directors, anyone who's connecting with the family to be genuinely curious, to ask questions, find out about the loved one's hobbies and interests and career, what makes them smile, what makes them cry, like really dig deep into that. And then based on what you've learned, create an environment that shows that you listened. Mm. One way we do this is that we actually, in front of, when you walk through our community, our memory care suites all have a shadow box outside the front door, um, Mm. outside the door of their suite. So one of the things that we do is we highly encourage, well, it's, now it's the point where we expect it, all of our salespeople to decorate that shadow box. I, we just recently in my community in Elmhurst, Illinois, I'll throw out this example. Mm-hmm. We had a, a, a family member, a daughter that called in and she was talking to our director of marketing and she was asking her a lot of questions, really learning about her mom, what her mom likes. And the daughter said, well, can I come in now? 
And our director of marketing said, sure. She goes, I'll be there in 30 minutes. So within that time frame, the director of marketing took what she learned and she decorated a shadow box. She had her mom's name. I think in this case, the mom really liked to sew. She had some sewing needles, some thread, some pictures of her sewing machine. Nothing really major, but just something to show. I heard you. I heard that was important. She had a welcome sign ready. So when she walked in, welcome with her name on it. The concierge at the front knew her was coming. This woman was so impressed that we took the time, one, to listen, but also was really able to personalize her experience to her situation. She actually wrote us a glowing review about it. So this kind of stuff works. And I love sharing it with everyone. I want every single senior living community to create these kind of experiences with families because our biggest competitor is not assisted living down the road. It's really convincing these families to move out of the home. So mm-hmm. I would love to see all of the all of our providers doing this and creating those really wow experiences for families. I'm a cheap cry, but I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. That's that's pretty emotional, and I, that, yeah. that that's just from like a a 30 minute discovery call yeah. of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm guessing that was like their first touch point, right? So they yeah. called into the community and mm-hmm. she was able to dig. And I think that's so important. So are you guys, how are you guys coaching up on that? Because I think the natural fear for people when they're talking to a, a, a new person is to ask very basic surface level questions, like yeah. things that make you comfortable, not them comfortable. So are you guys practicing that first discovery call? And what does that look like? Because I mean, that's amazing that you guys transitioned that. Um, definitely. We use, and I'm sure people listening have heard of Tracy Build, but we've been using the Build Sales system. I've actually Love been her. using her system, I think almost 20 years now, yeah. but we've been using her system and we have a, what we call a memory care connection sheet. And it's really a guide for our sales teams to use when they make that initial discovery call. Mm. And it walks through and it challenges them to ask different questions. What's your greatest concern? How is this impacting you and your family, right? What what are your biggest challenges that you're facing? What are mom's hobbies and interests? Tell me about her career. Really asking those kind of questions instead of trying to do what I like to say, an assessment over the phone. Yeah, We have been using this sales system with our sales teams for almost six years. And just looking at our sales ratio numbers from qualified inquiry to tour, it's working. Mm-hmm. We average as a company about 75% from initial inquiry to first tour. And it's because we're building that relationship, right? Our directors of health and wellness, they can do the clinical piece. And I get mm. that's important too, but really that first point of contact, we really train our salespeople to be genuinely curious. And our sales teams like it. Yeah, They enjoy the process. And that's where you start to build connections with families. That's where the empathetic process starts and your trust starts. It's by asking those kind of questions and being genuinely curious. Well, think about this. I mean, this you have one shot for your first impression, and typically yeah. it's that going to be that first, unless it's like a walk-in or something, however it happens differently. Yeah. But if they're calling in, this is their first in question. There's their first impression. And if they feel like they're being interrogated or asked, I guess, questions that they're not even comfortable with, or they feel like, am I being qualified right now? Mm-hmm. Like, am I, I don't even know yeah. if I, my, my mom's able to move into this yeah. community. Like, yeah. This, this, I love that you guys place such a great emphasis on it. And then 
transitioning from there, right? So you, she she was able to show that that shadow box. It was completely customized to to what that conversation was like. Now we talked a little bit about that sit tour sit. Yeah, good. So mm-hmm. when she comes in, that that prospective family, that adult child comes in. What is what does a sales process look for you guys, and how are you guys reinventing that? I appreciate you asking that. So the sit tour sit, I feel like it's been in our senior living industry for some time. I, it's a great concept, mm. but it's how is that concept actually played out? And let's, I want to I challenge us to have a little more flexibility in that. Mm. Right? So I'll just use, I'll use a different example. I'll use my mother, for example. My mother's been a hairdresser pretty much all of her life. And Going to the hair salon is really important to her. And when that does stop, I know that's going to be a challenge. So if I was talking to a family member and they, I was coming in to visit the community for my mom, how powerful would it be to start that conversation in the beauty salon, right? There's just, so you start, Andrea, nice to meet you, some coffee, water, and you walk on through and you sit in the beauty salon and you chat. That's, that's what I mean about reframing the sit tour sit. You still need to have that chat with the family member, but think about what's most important to them, right? If they're really, really concerned about where their mom is going to be sleeping at night, start start in the suite or start by having them meet one of your resident ambassadors that is, mm. can share with them how much they enjoy living there. And then you can sit down and recap with them. And it really shouldn't be sit towards sit. It should more be engage experience and then focus on the next steps right because that's more of like the purpose behind what we're doing and that is our visits that we're doing with families it is to think about more creating an experience i always say to my salespeople, michael don't have a set tour path mm-hmm. right the carpet shouldn't be worn in one area because you're always going <laughs> the same way every single visit that the families do should feel different but andrea that's uncomfortable it that, is, I know. <laughs> I, like, that, that, that's uncomfortable. I like to get, I'm set my ways. Yeah. I like to do my path. I like to yeah. get it done. And it feels, so how are you, how are you getting them over the hump of the yeah. uncomfortability <laughs> factor with that? Exactly. Uh, I'm changing behaviors a lot of times with salespeople who've been in senior living for a long time, mm-hmm. right? They're so, they're so used to doing it a certain way. We provide at Artists a lot of ongoing training and development for whether it's a new salesperson or a seasoned salesperson. And we challenge them by just try it. Just do it once. And then let's see how it goes. And once they have success, it continues. Uh, We also reinforce it in our site visits with our regional sales teams to make sure that our teams are doing it. Because this works. This is our philosophy. This is who Artists is. And we want all of our sales teams, the minute that they're interacting with families, to really live and breathe that philosophy, not just in words, but in what we're doing. Mm. And in how we create that tour experience is so powerful too, is so powerful as well. The other component of that in regards to the sit tour sit, and I think COVID kind of woke us up to this, right? Like mm. we could do virtual visits, but also we say that I say to the sales teams all the time, don't forget the power of that home visit. There's something about being on that family member's turf that move, that uh, enables the walls of resistance to go down a little bit. Mm. So there's that's another option too. So, so I, I love that. Can we talk a little bit about the home mm-hmm. visit? Yeah. Um, in terms of the home visit, one of the things that uh, I, I definitely think that COVID has pivoted 
that into being more normal, but how can we more normalize that? And how can we more normalize even, even just trying to get more face-to-face? I think that we don't, we, we don't understand the power behind the actual face-to-face because sometimes it's comfortable texting somebody. Sometimes it's comfortable sitting behind your computer, sending that email, but how are you guys, uh, like, how are you empowering your teams or making sure that it's super important and crystal clear that, I mean, stuff like this, it, this, this yeah. kind of Zoom call, for instance, is so mm-hmm. much more powerful if, if I were just to text you or to call you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see you. I can actually hear, like I can see your body language and everything. So, so I guess how can we more normalize is the question, home visits. Yeah, I think it's just make it, you have to let the teams know what your expectations are. Because mm-hmm. if there's not an expectation that's out there, it doesn't happen. I, when I started in memory care uh, 12, over 12 years ago, you didn't do, I, you didn't do home visits with memory care. Mm-mm. But I started my career in independent living and home visits was like what you did. Mm-hmm. So it always kind of surprised me. And then we realized why not? And you think, oh, it's the adult child, but you also have a lot of spouses too. We actually have home visits as one of our activity types in our database that we look at and we track. And anytime you track something, it enables you to normalize it. Mm -hmm. We also, uh, we just did a challenge with our teams to kind of re-engage some cold leads. And we wanted to show them the power of using video email. So we use a company called Heart Legacy. Mm -hmm. We use sales mail. And we went through this challenge as all of our 27 communities to send sales mails to their cold leads or, and it really helped to wake them up. And we had so many successes. We spent uh, yesterday, we have a monthly recap call with the teams and we were able to share these successes. And they just showed in these sales mails, how our residents were enjoying life in our community and doing things that say were relevant to that specific prospect that they were sending it to. And we got tours, move-ins, we were able to re-engage the database. So I think that's part of normalizing it as well, is also having some fun with it and showing people the success behind whether it's a home visit, whether it's the face-to-face video technology, whatever it may be, they need to be able to see the success in order to make a change too. Andrea, you're going to hate me, so I apologize in advance. I'm going to ask you because I think that sales mail videos are super effective, and I think video messages, and that's like that could be a conversation in a, another where just we're talking about all right, let's we understand the effectiveness of it again, trying to get over the uncomfortable side mm-hmm. of being on video. But what types of videos do you see working the best? Is it like community tours or is it like incorporating those pieces where we've learned, you know, yeah. she is big into the salon. Let me go ahead and interview my person at the salon. How, what are the most effective videos? I find the most effective ones is where we're showing some type of engagement. Mm. Okay. So we just had uh, one, which was a success. We had a wife who was going to move, was thinking about moving her husband in. I was kind of on the fence because she didn't know if her husband would fit in. And we knew her husband liked to golf and he was social. He liked to do men's group type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So our director of marketing sent a sales mail showing a new resident who had just happened to be uh, moving into our community that day. And for him, for on his day of moving, we actually held a golf tournament because this gentleman liked golf. So this video that she did was a snippet of the golf tournament and also introducing the wife to a couple of men that could be friends with her husband. Wow. 
right? Engagement. Amazing. Yeah. So powerful. Another one is uh, we had a, a gentleman who was real concerned for his father was about food and meals. So we had our director of culinary services do a personalized sales mail. We knew he loved corned beef sandwiches, whatever, and all that. And so he was made, he showed him how he made the sandwich, kind of did like a little two minute cooking show for him. So cool. Went over so well. So engagement like that with the videos, personalized engagement. Not mass, personalized engagement is really what has an impact. I think that's a good segue into the follow-up process because I'm sure yeah. that's something that you guys are are teaching on on how do we how can we incorporate. So we've we've done that uh, an amazing job in discovery to make mm-hmm. it, to make like it's a, it's a snowball effect. I think we've done a really good job with the discovery and just before they even step foot into that community, we know our prospective family, like the inside and out, then we can even further uh, exemplify the way that we know them based on how, how, let's paint this picture. How does your loved one fit into our community and how can we alleviate your stress or uh, allow that resident to completely thrive based on the, the curiosity, the initial Mm -hmm. curiosity that I've, I've, I've demonstrated through this sales process. And then now after that tour, I'm sure a lot of a lot of the similar type of protocols, a lot of similar stuff. But how are you guys uh, following up and making sure that you guys are keeping people engaged in going through those sales stages? Yeah, definitely. Follow up is key. I say to my sales teams all the time. You know, we talk about in any in any business what differentiates you from the competition. The secret is your follow up, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we can all be better at it. Right? But really, it's having a plan with follow-up and sticking to it and being consistent. We talk a lot about planning with our prospects, planning with our professionals, what we're going to do next, and really being able to take the time and look at what additional questions should I be asking. Mm-hmm. And before you pick up that phone, before you send that email, you send a text to really think about what, what else can I know and where then should I be taking my family to the next step? There's definitely... Uh, you know, we talk about like, what's the best cadence? How many times should I follow up? What should be done? If you're purposeful with your follow-up and you set your follow-up calls or whatever it is, follow-up call, follow-up home visit, follow-up text as an appointment with that family member, the likelihood that they're going to pick up the phone when you call or interact with your email is so much higher, right? Awesome. Think about when, when your phone rings just randomly, you're like, oh God, I don't have time for it. But if it's a calendar invite, you're going to answer the phone. So it's one of the things we also teach our salespeople is to look at your follow-ups as appointments. They're just as important as your tour and anything else. And then also to be creative. We had one family member that had kind of been in our database for some time, and we knew that uh, the daughter absolutely loved Motown. It was something that she shared with her dad. She was looking to move her dad into our community so we saw that there was a Motown concert and the tickets weren't much. They're like $15. And we sent the daughter two tickets along mm-hmm. with a Motown CD that she could listen to with her dad. And it went over really, really, really well. So follow-ups don't always have to be one of you moving in, mm-hmm. right? Because moving is a bad word to families. I don't know about you, but I've moved a couple of times in my life and I didn't like Hate it. it. <laughs> <Hate> it. <laughs> and I, I wish in senior living, we could find a new word because I think it kind of puts families off. They're like, oh, move. right but it's not it's not always about the movement it's really about with your families taking it one step at a time and having fun with it 
right? Enjoy. If you know that the mom's favorite restaurant was some Italian restaurant, she's out in San Francisco, send her a little gift card to that, right? Or you, you know the daughter is having a, a real tough time with what's going on with mom, connect her to one of our current family members who mm. went through the same thing. Invite to a support group, right? Do something that enables you to make a connection that is all about building trust. And that's really why follow-up is so important. And one other thing on this, Michael, yeah. involve other team members. I don't, we should not, yes, we should not <laughs> be doing senior living sales in a little room, right? <laughs> we need to be expanding it. Some say it, of, say it, say it louder for the people in the back, please. Yeah, involve your team members, <laughs> right? Involve your executive director, involve your other directors, environmental services, health and wellness, artist way experience in our situation. Get them involved, sit with them and think, what would you do next? Now it is when we move someone into our community, the salespeople, we're just that first point of contact. It's everyone else. It's your care partners. It's your, it's your health and wellness team. It's they are taking care of that resident and that family. So they should be start. They should be a uh, part of the process from the beginning. Our most successful communities, Michael, get this and they do this, and that's that's really a game changer. I I I really wish that this was not via Zoom and we were doing this in person because I would just either give you just the biggest high five, or just the right? biggest hug, <laughs> right here. We're we're doing it, and that, as cheesy as it is, because I think that is such a hidden gem of do not, because I think it's easy for, for somebody to look at the sales director and then let them have, like make that their burden because, well, this is what you're getting paid for. You know, you're supposed to be getting move-ins and everything, but at the end of the day, that is the case. And I don't want to ever uh, extrapolate and not put that responsibility on the sales director. It mm -hmm. is hundred percent their bill their, their, that is what they're here for, but it's also their job to be able to uh, fire up a team like what you you're talking about mm -hmm. uh, understand like let other people understand the importance of move-ins and what it means to just the life of the community mm -hmm. their paychecks all of that like how we can hire more care you want more care team let's let's do mm -hmm. it let me yeah. so let let me be able to I called it a multi-pronged approach to where if I'm if I'm bringing my health and wellness director in the more people that are touching with this family and holding yeah. their hand, yeah. the more ingrained that they're going to feel with that community yeah. and the more trust yeah. that you're talking about. Like yeah. I exactly. And they're going to remember that. You know, they're not going to remember what the staffing ratio is, even though some families think they need to ask that. And, yeah. But they're going to remember how we made them feel. Yeah. And that that that's at the end of the day what what it's all about. I we train our salespeople to to I always say lean into the uncomfortable with families, mm. be able to have those courageous conversations, those difficult conversations. And that's part of our follow-up and our closing process too, right? It can't just be about the surface. There is a lot of emotions, denial, guilt, anger, frustration, any that families are feeling. And we need to, it's okay to go through that with them. It's okay when that spouse feels guilty about moving his wife that he's lived with for 63 years. And guess what? I'm not going to solve that guilt by moving mm -hmm. his wife into our community. It's still going to be there. And once we can get our mind around that, that our jobs aren't to solve the problem, but to get to, to get families to have their own aha moment, mm -hmm. it's going to be really, really powerful. Have you seen that movie Encanto? 
Michael. Uh, so I've, I've, I haven't watched it, which is kind of funny because I get made fun of for not watching enough video, uh, movies. Yeah. But Encanto is one that I would actually enjoy. And I, I've listened to the one, the, the song, that yeah. Bruno song. So that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to talk about. So that song, we don't talk about Bruno, right? Mm. And I, I mean, I just heard it and I just was watching it recently. And I, I don't know if you'd do the same thing, but anytime I hear something, I'm like, how does this relate to senior life? And I, and how it related to me and what I've been sharing with the team is that sometimes we don't talk about Bruno mm -hmm. and Bruno, all, all of those emotions, those families are feeling, and we need to talk about that. Mm. We need to, we need families to be able to express that. And we also need to make sure families understand the problem isn't necessarily going to be solved. Your guilt's going to be there. Your mm -hmm. frustration's going to be there, but what's not going to be there are your concerns about safety or whatever other concern that you may have. And really getting with families and making sure that us in the senior living sales process are willing to go down that ladder with them and talk about the tough stuff. That's really what helps you move the sales process faster. And that leads into the, the closing. I think a lot yeah. of the, mm -hmm. the things that you've been able to, to, to cover, it feels like, and I could be wrong, so tell me if I am, if you're doing all the pieces that we're, we've been talking about, the clothes should be pretty natural, right? Mm -hmm. Like it shouldn't be, it, it, there's always going to be uncomfortable because there's money involved and there's commitment yeah. involved. So how are you, how are you guys coaching on closing? What does that look like yeah. in the artist way? So I know you're not a big movie buff, but there is a, there is a movie called Glen Gary, Glen Ross. And in that there's a famous scene where they talks about the ABC model of selling, right? Always, Always be closing. Be close. yeah. Always be closing. Okay. Yeah. You heard that. It really should be in our industry, in any industry, always be connecting because mm. that's, that's what it's about. And if we are connecting with families, we're tapping into the emotion. We're asking curious questions we're showing them that we've listened and we've heard them. We're making them feel special, unique, right? Then you're going to be able to truly identify, and I'm doing in quotes, a close, mm -hmm. right? Really, what we need to be focusing on is advancing and working families through to next steps that are relevant for them, that are mm -hmm. at the phase where they are. So one of the things that we do with our close is before we can move a family to a next step, I always tell my sales teams, you got to take their temperature, right? Mm. And how we take the temperatures, we use a very specific question. It's called the scale question. And it's as simple as, you know, on a scale of one to 10, what's your level of interest in artists with 10 being the highest? Mm. And you can ask that anyway. Yeah. And at first, when I tell people this question, they're like, Andrea, it's so salesy. And I'm like, it's not. Ask it. I stay in hotels a lot. And I always get that from like the Hilton like rate your level of satisfaction. People are used to doing that. So mm -hmm. ask them that question because here's what's going to happen. If you don't ask them and, you're, and your close is let's schedule a move-in date, but your family is like, I'm not even there yet, mm. you are going to drive disconnection, right? And that always be connecting isn't going to be there and your sales cycle is going to be so long. So ask the scale question. It's fantastic. If a family says I'm a five and you say why, then it's going to help you identify that next step. Maybe that next step then isn't a deposit. That next step could be, they need to come to a support group. Mm. They need to spend more time in our community. They need to bring their mom here for lunch, right? There's so many different things that we can do to continue the process. I encourage all salespeople when they're working with families, take it one step at a time, 
right? That move-in will be will come. It will. If you take it one step at a time, you're always connecting. You're always curious. We will get more move-ins in our industry as a whole. I, I love that. And you're opening up. I mean, that's an open-ended question to, to really, truly understand where they're at. And I think that that's a problem with the industry, really just, I guess, in sales in general is like where the salesperson feels like they're here yeah. and in reality, they're well you know, five steps backwards, Yeah, that can, huh? that's an easy question just to make sure that we're aligned. Cause at the end yeah. of the day, that's where we want to be. And I love always be connecting. So, um, well, what I'm going to do, I think that is a great, uh, stopping point of the, the, the podcast. I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put, um, Andrea's Venmo at the bottom of the, 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 uh, the episode notes, because I think a lot of people owe her a lot of money for the content that she was just <laughs> able to deliver. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're not going to turn it down. Um, but I, I guess, uh, is there, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we, we wrap up? I know that you've, you've already dropped a million and one yeah. nuggets here, but any last, last thoughts? Yeah, just be authentic. You know, we don't we don't have to be perfect. We we may accidentally ask a close-ended question. We may fumble over our words, but if you are authentic with families and confident in what you're doing, families can sense that. Oh, that's what I love about senior living sales, and I bet everyone listening loves it too. It's the most rewarding thing. Mm-hmm. Right? I started my industry selling couches, and I was like, it's a couch. <laughs> Now we're moving families, we're helping families with the most important person in their life. If we think about really what we're doing and go in with authenticity, it's going to go so far. That's great. Well, Andrea, I'm so grateful for your time and just, again, the wisdom and advice that you've been able to impart. Um, If you guys aren't connected with Andrea already on LinkedIn, or uh, if you just want to learn more about artists, senior living, go ahead and just and, and do some research on that. Because I, again, I think there's a lot that we've covered. And um, if you guys already follow us at the 100 Club podcast on LinkedIn, uh, great. Thank you so much for your support. And then if you wanted to go follow us, that would be uh, amazing as well. So it's always super beneficial if people share the content and uh, will like and engage with with what we're doing. Because at the end of the day, we're just wanting to professionalize that sales process for senior living and just make it um, make it more fun and, and, and expose what it already is. And it's the most rewarding, it's exactly what you just said. It's the most rewarding thing that you can possibly do. So much purpose in it. So without further ado, uh, we will conclude, but thank you guys for listening to another great episode of the 100 Club Podcast.